Hey, Job. Hey, Gen. <laughs> so, um, this episode is going to be, uh, that's appropriate, uh, a wrap-up of our, uh, I think, second biggest series we've done for Gen and Job. Uh, Friday the 13th, rewatch. This is our big wrap-up. We're going to talk about the last movie on the list, which is the the remake from 2009, or reboot, or I don't I don't even know necessarily what you would call it. I guess reboot. Um, but before we get to all that, I figured uh, just in the intro here, I would briefly discuss the last comic I read, uh, and then we'll be done with that bullshit. Um, this has been a terrible experience, and I regret choosing to do it <laughs> because. Yeah. You know, just m- much like when I chose to read uh, Alien and Predator comics uh, related to DC characters when I was when we were going through the Alien and Predator series, uh, you know, most of these are these tie-ins are of a uh, very very low quality. Uh, there's a couple things that I'm glad I read in this whole batch of stories. Um, How I Spent My Summer Vacation, the one written by Jason Aaron, was actually good. And I really liked the art, at the very least, in Abuser and the Abused. But for the most part, all the rest have been trash. And unfortunately, that's no exception with what I'm going to talk about here, which is Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. You know what? I kind of expected that this wasn't going to be any good. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So just as like a a bit of a primer, um, Ash, Bruce Campbell, man. Uh, has uh, kind of had like a huge history with um, just tons and tons and tons of side content involving his character. Uh, he really outlives the three movies he was in. But if, until they like had that Showtime Ash versus the Evil Dead series, you're really having very little involvement from the original Evil Dead team in any of this shit. And it shows, I think. Because none of it really feels like how I want Ash to be. I don't know. It's hard to explain. You know what? It's kind of like similar to something like I, I could see a problem with like Deadpool as a character where like some people kind of just approach him as like, that's the meme character, right? That's the meme man. He likes the chimichangas and he <laughs> says the woohoo crazy band stuff. Wow. Big meme. But like. The reason Deadpool is interesting isn't necessarily that. That's just like a side part of it. You can tell a serious story with that character. You just have to know what the fuck you're doing and actually know the history of the character. (laughs) Um, And likewise here, because really they kind of just use Ash as a mouthpiece for just saying funny shit. He never really feels like an actual like heroic dude. Or even, like, an everyman at all. Like, I don't know. He he kind of goes on about how he's the chosen one. And, I don't know, he still finds time, even though he's fighting Freddy and Jason and trying to get the Necronomicon. Still finds time to make out with a girl, even though I think he's pushing 50 in this comic. And that Duh. girl is, like, 20. Hell but, yeah, hey, brother. whatever. Hell um, yeah, brother! So so what's uh what's the story here? What's the excuse to get all this shit to happen? Well, God, please tell me. <laughs> so it takes place like I think 5 years it said. Um oh well, by the way, 
Uh, this comic is written by James Kohorik and Jeff Katz and drawn by Jason Craig. Uh, although I believe Jason's there was there. another. Yeah, lots of Jasons. <laughs> just one Jason. Uh, I was a James and a Jeff, Justin. Yeah, they're all Jasons. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Anyway, so so it takes place five years after Freddy versus Jason, and uh, it starts with the survivors from that movie, and it does the thing that is annoying, where it's like, well, this story's not about those characters, so we're just gonna fucking kill them, and it feels like really cruel to have them live through that movie and that experience. Like, admittedly, Freddy versus Jason sucks. But and I didn't care for those characters, but it still feels like overly cruel to just start your story off with like, nah, they didn't survive because fuck it. Yeah, so like, weird. you know, five years Kinda later, it's, win- it's winter time. It's winter time in Crystal Lake. And uh, the girl forces her boyfriend to drive back there because she's like, I don't know. It's just been lingering in my mind whether they're alive or dead. I need to know for sure. So like the same old like Tommy Jarvis thing, you know can't just leave well enough alone have to have to make sure and of course because they decide to go back they get killed by jason boom there you go those survivors are dead and uh we see that jason has freddy's head and he he sits him right on the altar next to his mom his mom's head which is there and uh so freddy is still alive despite being a severed head um which was suggested by the end of freddy versus jason when he winks um, and he's kind of just like haunting Jason's dreams. He can't really do much. He can't like hurt him or anything, but he's kind of just, he puts this idea in his head that he needs to go get the Necronomicon, which is in the old Voorhees estate. And if he goes and gets that for Freddy, Freddy will, uh, you know, the bargain is that Freddy will make Jason smart because Jason's dumb. That's really fucking stupid. I agree. What the fuck? Um, also, he never ends up doing it anyway, because, right. you know, obviously Freddy's just fucking with him. So this does lean into that uh, never really established uh, canon from Jason Goes to Hell that Adam Marcus was trying to uh, hint at, where Jason is indeed a deadite, and Pamela did indeed resurrect him by reading excerpts from the Necronomicon. Um, the Necronomicon's in the Jason Voorhees estate, just like it was in Jason Goes to Hell. So, meanwhile, we have Ashley Williams uh, getting brought in to, to the new S-Mart that is opening in on Crystal Lake. <laughs> and uh, there's some pencil neck dweeb who is, you know, b- bitching at everybody for doing stuff. And admittedly, all these kids here being stupid as shit. Uh, but basically, it's just your excuse to get Ashley in because it's like we need a, a, a an smart veteran to come into this new store and show these kids what what. But in his monologue, really, Ash is like, I'm being called to this location for some reason. And, you know, there's always something going on because I'm just destined to fight deadites and bullshit my whole life. So something's going on. And it ends up that it's this, you know, Freddy versus Jason nonsense. Jason comes to the S-Mart and kills people and, like, all this fucking crazy nonsense. And eventually Ash discovers, you know, it's six issues long, but it's really padded for time. So I'm just going to kind of jump around and sum up everything here. The basics of what is happening is Freddy wants the Necronomicon so that he can use its magic powers to, like, 
regain his powers and maybe even surpass them. So, spoiler, uh, Jason gets it and gives it to Freddy, and Freddy uses it to become, like, godlike. Uh, so now Freddy can do his nightmare shit even when people are awake, uh, which is incredibly stupid and OP. Yeah, it sounds dumb as fuck. <laughs> so, you know, none of the characters are on equal footing at any point in this comic. Um, you, you'd expect it to be like, you know, Freddy gets some punches in, then Jason gets some punches in, maybe Ash beats up the both of them. But really the whole time, because Freddy gets this magical book that gives him magical powers, Freddy is more powerful than either of them. And really just you got Jason occasionally trying to get him because he fucked him over and didn't give him brain juice. Brain <laughs> and then, juice. And then Ash trying to fight the both of them off because they're both, you know, evil and he's trying to get the Necronomicon back with the help of, you know, the 20 year old that he's trying to bang. Uh, but um, eventually she gets a hold of the Necronomicon and reads the magic words. It transports Freddy to the deadite dimension. And he is stopped. and Everything is wonderful once again. Hooray. Um, it's kind of a big waste of time. They don't fight that often, despite this being six fucking issues. Oh, it really could have been told in like one. There's not a whole lot complicated going on here. And I don't care for the characterization of Ash that much. He doesn't say that many funny things. It's really just kind of tiresome. So that's it for for the Friday comics. Um, I was very disappointed with that one. Um, as far as those go, avoid all of them except for how I spent my summer vacation by Jason Aaron. That is a solid Friday comic. It's pretty good. Uh, I'd probably give that like an eight out of 10. The rest of them, they ain't nowhere near any quality. Well, Jason versus Leatherface was good. I'd probably give that an eight out. If you're going to read any of them, read how I spent my summer vacation or Jason versus Leatherface. The rest were garbage and really avoid that Friday the 13th by Jimmy Palmiotti. That one was the absolute worst of all of these. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about something that's uh, of better quality, but not enough. Yeah, sure. We'll talk about start good quality stuff in this start episode. To start the show and stuff. Oh, hold on, I gotta find the start button. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, fuck, I lost the start button! I lost the start podcast button, Ged! We're stuck in this perpetual pre-show hell forever! I lost it! What do we do? Can you find it? I found it. It's right over there. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks, buddy. Um, let me go get it. Up show, that's again. Hey, it's me. Hello, how are you all doing? Um, job. Welcome to the show. We're gonna finish up Friday the 13th today. Mm-hmm. We got one last movie to go through, and then we're gonna have our final rankings and you know, a bit of a discussion about this whole, this whole sometimes fun, sometimes miserable experience. Yeah, of it's, it's watching a- all of these. I think uh, I think a mixed experience is uh, to the T of what Friday the Thirteenth is. 
I think that sums it up well. It's a mixed bag of a franchise that never really shines as bright as, like, you know, with something like Halloween or Texas Chainsaw, you have that initial first movie that is a genuine classic. Here, I don't know. You have some of the most important horror iconography and, you know, tropes to ever be created that really start here in a lot of ways. But maybe nothing that shines that bright in terms of uh, good shit to watch for normal people. <laughs> so like Pearl Jam's discography without 10. Sure. It's all sixes. <laughs> <laughs> but 10's a 10. That's why they called it that. They figured it out. So, because we're morons, we don't like to discuss the exact formatting of our shows before we start. What, what do you want to start with? Uh, well, I think... encompassing thing. I would like to give a brief um, recapping in the form of a timeline I made by scouring fan sites and wikis. So, the, the movie we were going to watch is unassociated with this timeline because it is a reboot. But the other 11 Friday movies all take place somewhere in this timeline. And I guess the comics do too, but certain other ones get deleted because, you know, it's too hard to include those because things get contradicted all the time because those are like, those are like what I'd call like a soft canon. They're canon until explicitly stated otherwise, I suppose. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. This is an insane timeline that makes me laugh. And, you know, it's kind of like it's one of those things where like. um, Like uh, it's like it's like the Zelda timeline, you know, where it's like until Nintendo had an official one that everybody was just, you know, arguing like this here, this go here. This makes sense. Like they're forcing it to make sense. Whereas the people making it didn't give a shit. You know, they were just making games. You know, (laughs) they didn't care when Ocarina of Time happened. No. And uh, that's much the case for this. They didn't care the order or whether things made sense when they were making this, these movies and their sequels. They were probably just like, I don't know, hit that titty quota. You better have two titty in movie or you're fired. We need two titties and 16 murders. What's that? It doesn't make sense. Who cares? Do you got two titties and 16 murders? Good. You're good to go. Hell Cut. yeah, dude. Print. Release. <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Open the register, baby. Mm-hmm. We're selling the tickets. <laughs> and in some cases, selling the franchise to another company when you don't sell enough of those tickets. Uh, true. Uh, <laughs> okay, so... This is the, uh, you know, Friday the 13th timeline, not including <laughs> Friday the 13th, 2009. So this is, uh, I can't wait for this. This is, this is the events. Okay. We're going to start in 1957. Jason drowns. This is the inciting incident that we never really see on screen. Well, I guess we kind of do in nightmare form in, uh, Freddy versus Jason. But, you know, so then a year later, 1958. Uh, Pamela begins to take her revenge and kills two counselors. This is seen in the intro to the original film. Then you got to fast forward a lot. 
1979, the events of Friday the 13th, 1980. Uh, this happens in June. We got Pamela killing several victims, and then Pamela dies, killed by the only survivor, Alice Hardy. But then in August of that year, Alice Hardy's uh, is killed by Jason in the intro of part two. Then we go to 1982. This is where uh, Chris Higgins encounters Jason, a tale she recounts to us in Friday the 13th, part three. Then we go to 1984, which is uh, absolutely packed with uh, three movies happening. (laughs) So on Thursday, July 12th and Friday, July 13th, a Friday the 13th, we get the events of Friday the 13th, part two, where Jason kills several counselors in training at the Pakanak Lodge as his murder spree begins in earnest. Uh, The only... Mm-hmm. Uh, the only survivor is Ginny Field and maybe Paul, but we don't fucking know. <laughs> Where's Paul? Who fucking cares, baby? So anyway, the next day, Saturday, June 14th, going into Sunday, June 15th, are the events of Friday the 13th, part three, which doesn't take place on a Friday. Uh, Jason continues his slayings, heading to Higgins Haven. Uh this, you know, and Chris Higgins is, of course, the only survivor. Then we got Monday, the 16th, and Tuesday, the 17th, going into Wednesday, the 18th. And these are the events of Friday the 13th, the final chapter, which would end up not being that at all. Uh, Jason is captured, taken to a morgue, but escapes and resumes his murders, encountering uh, Tommy Jarvis for the first time. And Tommy successfully kills Jason and is the only survivor, as well as his sister. And Jason is actually dead, and the timeline could end here, but Paramount, like, where that money at, and decided to continue. <laughs> it wasn't registered, it was about, it was about, uh, about a good, good 20, 20, 30 million too short, and they're like, mm-hmm. it's time, and they print another yep. one. So then we fast forward to 1989, and this is where things get a little confusing as far as dates go, because all these movies will look like 80s attire and 80s fashion, but they begin to take place after the 80s, because that's the only way for the timeline to make sense. Oh, well. So in 1989, we get the events of Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Uh, We got Tommy, an orphan in need of psychiatric care, and he's been transferred to the Pinehurst halfway house. And we get a new batch of killings, but it's not Jason. It's, in fact, some fucking guy (laughs) named Roy Burns taking some form of revenge against Pinehurst due to the the death of his son, whom he abandoned. That's 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 cool. Anyway, Tommy successfully kills Roy with the help of uh, the other survivors, Pamela Roberts and Reggie the Reckless. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, a year later. In 1990, we get the events of Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. So Tommy Jarvis is unsatisfied and unconvinced that Jason is really dead, so he digs up his body, and this inadvertently causes his resurrection via a fucking lightning. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) So Jason is now a slower, more undead killer because he's been in a grave for, uh, you know, five or so years. But he begins his killing spree again. 
Now Jason's finally stopped by Tommy and his potential girlfriend, Megan, uh, tying Jason to a rock and sinking him to the bottom of Crystal Lake. And then they, uh, you know, they just go, you know, that's that. And we never see Tommy Jarvis again, (laughs) despite the fact that he was nearly, you know, just obsessive about anything involving Jason. You know, if, if he heard about any of the other events of the movies, he would he would come running. Maybe he just dies unrelatedly. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> now, later that same year. Yes, the same year, 1990, Tina Shepard exhibits psychic powers for the first time, accidentally killing her abusive father in the intro to Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. But that takes place much later in 1993, however. We have Rennie Wickman pushed into Crystal Lake by her uncle, and she sees a vision of Jason as a child grabbing her and pulling her deep into the water. Now, whether this is actually Jason and Rennie sees him as a child for some reason, or whether Rennie imagined the whole thing is uh, not known, but Rennie is saved and develops a fear of water repressing the incident. Now, this is seen in flashback form in uh, Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. But anyway, it's 1997. And it's time for Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. This takes place in 1997 somehow. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) This is Tina Shepard unintentionally resurrecting Jason with her psychic abilities. Jason gets, you know, right back to kill him, but is stopped by Tina unleashing her powers on him and and eventually maybe stopped by uh, her resurrected dad briefly uh, being, you know, appearing to pull Jason back down to the depths where he came from. Thanks, Dead Dad. But he won't stay there for long. In 1998, we get the events of Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Jason is resurrected once again by happenstance, somehow electrocuted to life by an electric cable snagged on a boat anchor. And then Jason sneaks aboard a cruise ship with uh, Reddy Wickman and her uncle and dad, dad, uncle, dad, teacher, man. And classmates aboard for a senior trip to New York City. And Jason begins killing everyone on board with Rennie and her boyfriend and uncle and all other people escaping and rowing to New York. But Jason follows them and kills many of the remaining survivors and some New Yorkers until Rennie and her boyfriend finally escape. Uh, Jason gets washed away by a tidal wave of toxic waste in the New York sewers that's there for some reason. Um... Now, Rennie sees Jason turn back into a child, but this is likely just a hallucination in order for the rest of the movies to make any sense. Uh, eventually, Jason heads back to Crystal Lake. He just says, fuck it. I'm tired of New York. This town's too big. Gotta go back to the woods. And then we go to 2003. In June, we get the events of Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Uh, where Jason's tracked down by the FBI, assassinated, blown to pieces. But, you know, it's revealed that even this doesn't kill Jason, as his heart uh, hypnotizes the coroner, performing his autopsy, causing the coroner to eat the heart and become Jason's new body and or vessel for murder. And then Jason begins to search for a female Voorhees to assimilate and be fully reborn from. Uh, He succeeds, but is killed by Jessica Kimball, who has Voorhees blood and can therefore actually kill Jason. And she uses a mystical dagger given to her by uh, mysterious bounty hunter Creighton Duke, which opens up a pit to hell. 
you know, skeleton hands, drag Jason to hell. But his hockey mask is snatched by Freddy Krueger, who has his own plans for Jason. And uh, so in the same fucking year, in September, which is now the actual year that this movie came out, we have the events of Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> we got Freddy Krueger, psychotic uh, child murderer from another fucking movie franchise. He's back from the dead again to kill more kids, but this time in their dreams. Uh, and he resurrects Jason Voorhees as part of a scheme to make the citizens of Springwood fear him again. Now, Freddy's plan goes awry when uh, Jason begins killing teenagers before Freddy can kill them in their sleep. Our survivors, Lori and Will, seek to set the two killers against each other to put an end to both of them once and for all, drugging Jason with sleeping medication and transporting him to Crystal Lake, where uh, Lori falls asleep and pulls Freddy out of the dream world into reality. Jason has a chance against Freddy, and Jason wins the battle, stabbing Freddy with his own chopped off hand and glove. Lori delivers the final blow, chopping off Freddy's head. Uh, Jason later, later emerges from the lake, holding Freddy's severed head, which uh, may still be alive because it winks. Uh, it's unknown what happened to him after this, though, because fuck it. Let's go to 2008 or 2009. Depends on who you ask. Sometime around here, Jason is captured by. Um, the Camp Crystal Lake Research Facility who uh, begin to experiment on him and try to find a way to kill him. Then in 2010, the events of Jason X begin. And we got Rowan, the head researcher at the fucking Camp Crystal Lake Research Facility. Every and she decides the only that. way... Yeah, I know. <laughs> she decides the only way to deal with him is to cryogenically freeze him. Uh, this plan is stalled by Dr. Wimmer, but when Jason escapes and kills him and his military escort and several facility guards, uh, Rowan lures Jason into the cryogenic chamber, successfully freezes him. Uh, unfortunately, Jason stabs her through the chamber, <laughs> and Rowan collapses and is frozen as well. Now let's uh, fast forward just a bit to the year 2,455. <laughs> um, Earth is now uninhabitable. So that's, so that's good. COVID finally won. Uh, so the crew of students discover the cryogenically frozen Jason and Rowan, and they use their advanced technology to bring both of them back to board their spaceship, the Grendel. And uh, because this is a Jason movie, Jason begins to massacre the students and their military security escort, but is eventually killed by the android AM-14. <laughs> However... <laughs> Medical surgery equipment malfunctions and reconstructs Jason with fucking nanobot technology, grafting on a metallic exoskeleton and making him more formidable and making him look like a Power Rangers villain. Uh, Rowan and a few other students attempt to escape to a rescue vessel, but are only able to with help from Sergeant Brodsky, who stays behind, grabbing Jason and hurtling towards the atmosphere of Earth 2. Uh, nothing remains except the charred remnants of Jason's new mask, suggesting Jason may be dead for good. That's the franchise up till now. <laughs> yeah, but that's it for anything that would be significant to a timeline, I guess. Even though none of it really is. Yeah, it kind of at... just goes all over the place. I, I think my favorite part is all these movies that take place in the 90s and 2000s when they're in the 80s, when they made them. So, like, clearly Paramount didn't give a shit. They were just like, whatever, it's in the 80s. But then it doesn't make sense if it's in the 80s. Right. At all. <laughs> <laughs> I 
What a fucking disaster. You love to see it. I do. I do love this. Anyway. No, springboarding now, that. We should you're going to take just... everything I said and throw it in the garbage. Right. Yeah. Let's just get into it. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, the, the one from 2009. Is, <laughs> yeah, you got to uh, make that distinction. Yeah. It's, it is our final movie in this franchise. <laughs> Woo! Thank God. Now, there is a, lo- a little bit of crossover in the creative process of this uh, little perpendicular to some old shit that we watched mm-hmm. on the Get a Job show. Oh, yeah. It's mainly the reason why I was dreading watching this at all. Um, it's a Marcus Nispel film. He did Texas Chainsaw remake. Ooh. Yeah, one of the... We hate that movie, boo. Yeah, one of the worst <laughs> movies we've watched on this show. It's pretty far down there. I will tell you, it's better than the prequel. Oh, yeah. To that movie. <laughs> but that's not saying a whole lot. So, it's got that going for it. Or against it. <laughs> and also against it is it's written by the guys who wrote Freddy versus Jason. So I just thought this was a recipe for disaster in my book, and I had no faith in this before I watched it. And I mean, I think I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as terrible as I was thinking it was going to be. But that doesn't mean it's great. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's not, yeah. it It's not a pile of garbage like I thought it was going to be. It is not a good movie still. Yeah, but I think that this is about as close as we can get to praising the film. <laughs> it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Correct. Therefore, my expectations were diverted. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, let's get into it. So this was meant to serve as a reboot to the series and was released in February of 2009. This is the most recent one. They haven't made anything since this. You may notice it's been 11 years. Boy, them rights this franchise sure are fucking fun, aren't they? Huh. Yeah, huh. great time. <laughs> so Toby Emmerich, an executive producer at New Line Cinema, goes ahead and asks production company Platinum Dunes if they were interested in helming a reboot to Friday the 13th. If you recognize Platinum Dunes, that's because that's uh, that's that's Michael Bay's production company. They made uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, as well as its prequel, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Wow, we hate. They're still making movies today. Uh, They had uh, they uh, partnered up with John Krasinski to produce A Quiet Place and its sequel, which was supposed to come out this year, but then COVID. So they're still Yay, around COVID. Platinum Dunes doing stuff, and I guess doing stuff of much better quality than they used to for making a quiet place. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still a Michael Bay <laughs> production company, alongside uh, his fellow producers, Brad Fuller and Andrew Form. You know, this team has really made some stinkers <laughs> altogether. I mean, Michael Bay is his own, his own thing entirely separate from everybody else. But as far as Platinum Dunes is concerned, most of it's been garbage. Yeah. 
It, it, it's not been a good ride. Now, although we hated the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it was a success enough that they greenlit the prequel, which right. we also hated. Correct. But <laughs> I can understand why New Line with the dormant Friday franchise would see this and kind of look to Platinum Dunes to maybe help steer Friday in a new direction. I can at least understand why they would go to them because this movie made money. The quality is irrelevant if money is to be made. I know that's how executives think. (laughs) So the team spent a year working on obtaining the rights to the franchise because, you know, it's split between three fucking people. We got, oh, I mean, companies, I should say. Uh, We got New Line with some of the rights. We got Paramount with some of the rights. And Sean S. Cunningham's Crystal Lake Entertainment with some of the rights. Now, eventually, Platinum Dunes was allowed to use everything they wanted from the entire franchise. They were allowed to use the Friday the 13th branding, which previous films were not allowed to. And they were allowed to use any characters owned by Paramount or New Line. Uh, They didn't, but they were allowed to. They could have brought in Tommy Jarvis if they wanted to. But I guess they didn't. For a second, I thought that's what was going to happen. Did you think the dude was Tommy Jarvis? For a second, yeah. (laughs) Until, of course, the scene where he got pulled over, then he said his name wasn't Tommy, and I was like, oh. You could have just done that. You could have just done it as a reference. Like, shit. Yeah, I mean, mean, he's more like Rob from Part 4. Yeah. If it was restructured to be Rob was the main character. And I think the only reason that that dude is the main character is because it's it's fucking Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. Right. Who's like the closest thing to a big star they have here. So, yeah. I understand why they leaned into it and made him the main fucking character. Whereas, you know, normally a a girl would be your main character for these. Because you have the final girl trope in play. (laughs) But anywho, now initially this film was meant to be an origin film for Jason. And uh, this plan was scrapped in favor of a reimagining of elements from the first four films in the series. And I kind of have to wonder whether the origin plans were scrapped only after Rob Zombie's Halloween came out in 2007, a couple of years before this was released. I could see that. You know, that movie had a very mixed reception. It did very well, but critics and fans were certainly extremely split on it. That and sucks dick. Yeah, we also hate that movie. <laughs> horror sucks. I love horror. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think a big problem with that movie is it kind of, like, demystifies Michael Myers by giving him this big, giant, big old origin, and it dominates an entire half of that movie, and I don't know if that would necessarily be interesting for Jason Voorhees, and maybe they decided against it. I have no proof that it was because of Rob Zombie's Halloween, but you know that they're paying attention to how people perceive other big reboots, and that was certainly a big one at the time. So it was decided that since the film wasn't technically a remake, the film would take place in a contemporary setting, actually take place in 2000. Rather than the past Platinum Dunes films, because the, the Texas Chainsaw remake is you know a period piece, And they also did that with their Amityville horror remake, 
with fucking Ryan Reynolds. Remember that fucking oh my movie? God, that movie is so fucking bad. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, they don't. You know, they always miss. <laughs> it's not like they never miss. They just always miss. So we got screenwriters Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, the writers of uh, Freddy versus Jason. They're returning. Director Marcus Nispel, who made a Texas Chainsaw remake. Now, he's initially hesitant to helm yet another reboot of a beloved horror classic, but eventually Michael Bay and the boys uh, (laughs) persisted and persuaded him to do it. Now, Shannon and Swift sought to return Jason to his roots and make him scary again, uh, leaving behind the, uh, you know, self-referential gags that the later sequels began to embrace. They wanted to alter Jason and make him more of a fast uh, humanoid killing machine rather than, you know, the slow, invincible zombie he had become. Uh, Producer Brad Fuller said they were careful to not make Jason too sympathetic to the audience. Uh, citing Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning as a potential misstep in handling this. Uh, Quote, we do not want him to be sympathetic. Jason is not a comedic character. He is not sympathetic. He's a killing machine, plain and simple. So I'm glad that I guess they kind of learned from their mistakes a little bit. (laughs) Because a big problem why Texas Chainsaw the beginning is shit is because, you know, it's giving maybe a little too focused to the insane killer characters. Yeah. And, like, we have no sympathy for them because they are genuinely psychopaths. Maybe a little bit for Leatherface, but in that movie he's presented as very sick, so no, no thank you. Yeah, I'm good. They also <sighs> learn how to put a little bit of color into their movies. Wow. A little bit? Because <laughs> those movies were devoid of anything. Yeah, at least at these all. movies have some color. Like it's not great. Yes, but it's not like what you what mm-hmm. you were seeing from horror movies of the time. That was the big yeah. start of the wash everything out era of horror film. Put a big old filter on it. Fuck yeah, it. put like that. Put like the, either the brown or the black filter on it and make everything dark as shit. Like, the only time it's, it's dark as shit in this movie is when it's actually dark. Yeah. Which is good. I think it's it's a cheap way to make everything look a little grungier and dirtier. Like, you could just do that with set design or camera work props. Like, you don't have to rely on your your crap filter. It, it looks know? like shit. It never, it has never worked once. <laughs> no, not really. So that, that's a that's a welcoming like little little thing that I guess they learned. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this movie, Justin. All right, you got it pulled up on your end. Oh yeah, fuck, of course I do, buddy. <laughs> oh man. All right, so we start this movie with a flashback. Talking about washed out colors, by the way. They decided to mm. wash out all the colors in this flashback. It's the 80s, yeah. and the the final events of Friday the 13th Part 1 are basically playing out. Yeah, so... You have Pamela got... Voorhees rushing a, a lone camp counselor. Uh-huh. Who I guess has to be Alice, so... Yeah, I guess that's Alice. Yeah. They don't say, but... No, they don't. 
And then yeah, so this is the only elements of part one that are really here still, I guess. Really, that's that's about it. Um, so we get between like these events playing out, it keeps like flashing to black title cards with like the peep like the the title credits, which is weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, it was a very underwhelming beginning to this movie. Not even like the beginning to this movie. You know what I mean? This movie has, like, two intros. You know what? You're right. Um, I actually kind of liked that structure, but we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, so, as as you've you've been listening to the show, know what happens on Friday the 13th. Counselor kills... Kills Jason's man. She dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess Jason saw it. I think they kind of allude to that Yeah, they allude to Jason seeing it happen, which means that Jason... Never really died in this interpretation, yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, just there. I, I don't know. It depends on who you ask whether you believe that. You know, I like that Jason's mysterious. I don't need a definitive answer, and I certainly don't think he's a deadite. But yeah, it is like the most undefined aspect of this entire franchise is did Jason die? Like, how he go from being little kid to being adult man? Well, they solved that in this movie by skipping ahead, you know, like almost 30 years. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like this Jason actually ages and is more of a human sort of. I mean, I think there are there's barely any supernatural elements to this movie until like the final moments really. (laughs) And then that's about it. Which I kind of dig. It was a little refreshing after all these movies where Jason is, you know, just getting shot to fucking shit and flung around. And he's just like, oh, whatever. Fuck it. (laughs) Right. So we flash forward to Crystal Lake present day. By present day, we mean 2009. Thank God. 11 years ago. 11 years ago, these people probably wouldn't be camping because of the pandemic. Who am I kidding? They probably would be. People are dumb. So we got a crew of five dumb fucking kids. So who do we got here? We got Amanda Rigetti as Whitney, the main girl of this group, as we'll come to realize. Jonathan Sadowski as Wade, the nerd. Ben Feldman as Richie. Nick Menel as Mike. And America Olivio as Amanda. All these people are fucking dead as shit. Hell yeah, they are, brother. You know, it's it's. You don't know that right away, which is kind of neat. Uh, I thought this was actually going to be our cast. Yeah, until I remembered that I saw Jared Padalecki's name, and I'm like, where's he at? Right. This is weird. And then they all died 20 minutes in. So, yeah, go ahead and tell us about that. <laughs> so you get a bunch of dumpos going camping, but two of them have an mm-hmm. ulterior motive for why they're here. And they were sent Smoke. to grab... They were sent to grab the and then consequentially sell a bunch of fucking weed. Schmeed. Some schmeed. Yes. Some fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're using a GPS tracker to try to find this shit. It ain't working. Because they're, they're you know, probably a bunch of dum-dums. They find a yeah, clearing I mean, to camp out at. Yeah. You know, good place to get murdered by Jason. Oh, perfect. It's absolutely perfect mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we get our recounting of the tale right. by the nerdy boy here. Yep, yeah, he tells everybody what happened. Jason watched his mom die. They're saying he's still out there. Ooh. 
And the kids are like, yeah, f- shut the fuck up, we're gonna go fuck. <laughs> and they all go fuck. Yeah, um, including, like, right in front of him, uh, America Olivio shows her titties in a, in a pretty gratuitous fucking scene. And get used to that, because, uh, this movie right here has more nudity than all the other Friday the 13th movies combined, probably. Um, I say combined, it's a lot. But it's a lot. Maybe not combined. It's, it's at least more than five. I think five is our current reigning champion. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think in some respects it's fine because it's expected and tropey and fun to make fun of for some of these movies, but they yeah. maybe did like one too many. And for me, this is the one too many. This one could have been cut out. There's not really any real reason for this scene to happen. Yeah, not at all. Besides, just, look at titty. They probably like they probably just got supplied a heavy titty quota by New Line this time. They're like, well, mm. gotta fill titty quota, and then yeah, they got all the titty. They filled it. They they very filled it. Like we wanted to score mm. an A plus on the titty test. They went for an A plus plus. They, they got. And they got it. I failed them. <laughs> You gave him an F? Yeah, I'd fuck him. That's why. Anyway. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Fine. Justin two, hates titties. Confirmed. Wow. Two of our kids here, though, instead of fucking, they uh-huh. uh, they go out adventuring a little bit. <laughs> Let's go explore the old Crystal Lake. Woo, nothing bad will happen. Yep. Something bad happened. What? Hmm. And our, our single, our only single guy here of, of, of this fivesome... Uh, goes up Weed to, man. Yeah, it goes up Wade, to take a little yeah. piss. Uh-huh. While he's uh, listening to uh, fucking Sister Christian. <laughs> this made me laugh. Motorhead! <laughs> like, for real, though? He should be doing the fucking Soldier Boy. While looking for the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> fucking weed, dude. If, if they just broke into Soldier Boy, tell him in the middle of this, I would have fucking died. I mean, I Sister Christian's such a fucking lame song that it was funny to me anyway, but, like, why is this happening if this takes place now? Why did they decide this song? It must be cheap to license out. I bet it is, because it's in a lot of things. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Sister Christian needs to take all the money because it's the only song of theirs that they give a shit about. <laughs> oh, no, actually, you know what? Ranger. He, he, was singing, yeah. hey, he was singing Hey Ya uh, while he was doing this shit. That, that's the one. Was he? No, he should have been. Oh, that no. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he stumbles upon some Swede, smells it, and comes. Yeah, he finds the Swede, Swede. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then Jason. Yeah, but then gets murdered to fuck by Jason. Gets his like mm-hmm. ears sliced off and shit. And and at the beginning part of this movie here. Uh, Jason's rocking the part two look. He's got the bag on he his head. He is. I dig that they actually showed us the uh, the switchover, basically. Yeah. I guess this is a good time to talk about Jason himself in this movie. Uh, Derek Mears plays him. Not Kane Hodder. No, but I kind of understand now, because Kane Hodder was getting older. Like, yeah. he should have been able to do it for Freddy vs. Jason. But, you know, I, this has more of a reason, too, because it's a reboot and they wanted to go back to the like a faster Jason, too. 
I think Hotter could have did it, but I realized why they went with somebody else for this one and not for Freddy versus Jason. So he's a stuntman, of course, and an actor. Right. He often plays monsters and, you know, with a, with a lot of CGI or makeup heavy characters. Uh, he just played Swamp Thing, actually, in that series that only had one season on DC Universe. Oh, yeah, dude, I forgot that fucking happened, dude. I forgot mm. that show even existed. Yeah, it got canceled before the first episode even aired, I'm pretty sure. That's, really fucking fucking in- sad. that's fucking incredible. Yeah. How the hell? Well, that DC Universe app is going to be not long for this world. I think they're just dumping everything from it onto HBO Max. Yeah, that's absolutely And that, that thing will be a thing of the past this year. Mark my words. Yeah, I, I decided anyway, to re- retain my uh, HBO Max subscription after getting it for a month for a couple of the movies on here. I actually kind of like the catalog, and I've been watching stuff. Uh, me too. I've been watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I saw that. I'm going to start oh, uh, next couple days here. I'm going to finally start Watchmen. Very excited. Oh, do it. It's actually good. Yeah, I, I've been hearing too many great things. I didn't get to catch it while it was airing, so now I want to start watching it. Hmm. Well, anywho, uh, so Derek Mears here was uh, gunning for this role before he even knew he was you know, already being recommended by it, uh, for it by industry professionals. So he was physically training himself up to, you know, ridiculous <laughs> standards, I'm sure. So uh, Mears is well known as a nice guy in the industry and uh that led to some initial speculation from producers on whether he could portray Voorhees as a menacing killer so this is how he put it this is a quote from him they were like you're really nice are you gonna be able to switch over right i was like i caged fight and i've got a lot of dad issues so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's great i i kind of like this guy no, he seems cool. Uh, so he described the role, I shit you not, as a combination between Rambo, Tarzan, and the abominable snowman from Looney Tunes. Uh, and he emphasized, <laughs> you know, how this Jason would trap his victims, defend his territory, as well as his misguided keeping of a female hostage wearing his mother's locket. So maybe that's where the abominable snowman yeah, that, that's comparison that comes is. in. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I understand what he's talking about. It's just a funny way to put it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he seems like a cool guy, and he approached it very seriously, and I think he did a good job. I think he's one of my favorite Jason portrayals, although there is a lot of good ones. Um, I like that it's different. I like that it's a crueler, like, more methodical, like, actually, maybe... Somewhat intelligent, Jason. Yeah, J- actually, Jason's not one of my complaints about this movie. I think he's fine. Yeah, he's actually a highlight. You know, like I, obviously, there's like, a lot like of non-highlights. Of like in but most yes, of these, Jason's the highlight. Yeah, it's the polar opposite of the problem of Freddy versus Jason, where Jason in that movie was kind of like, eh. Yeah. Eh. After watching, after watching Freddy versus Jason, that was kind of refreshing to get like a good Jason oh. again. Yeah, I was glad that at least they got the killer right. And it was it was an interesting new take on it. It felt fresh, at least. It's literally it's closer, the single most closer Im- to the two and three stuff. It's the single most important thing you have to get right when making one of these movies. Well, you for fucking real, to. you have to do it. That's what Freddy versus Jason felt so bad at. Well, at least when Jason was concerned. Well, yeah, I mean, Freddy's Freddy. Freddy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, what happened next? So now we got we got everybody die. 
Yeah, now everybody dies. <laughs> so we got we got our campers fucking big big old fuck fuck seed. They stop multiple times because they think they're being watched by by Weed Man. They're not. No, but he did. Yeah. No, he wasn't watched, but we're watched by Jason. Mm-hmm. He getting shreddy to kill. So the guy well, leaves yeah. goes to goes to find Weed Man. God damn it! I gotta stop fucking to go find this fucking dweeb. God damn it! Shit. Gets up and goes to find him <laughs> while he's gone. Jason rips open the tent and grabs the girl and puts her in a fucking sleeping bag and very brutally hangs her over the Bruh. fire they have burning, which is actually a really fucking crazy kill. That's a crazy kill. This is what I'm saying when he's like a little more menacing and smart. Because, like, I don't think the, the, the like, the cane hotter Jason would note it. I mean, he would just smack the sleeping bag against the tree. Right. Yeah, this one is being a little sadistic. And it's it's kind of creepy. I like it a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. So, dude runs back after he discovers the, that there's uh, some of the some of Weed Man stuff by the weed, and he gets caught yes. in a bear trap. That Jason, yeah. Said. So, right away, video here, game. Yeah, right now we're being told here, hey, this Jason's a little more cunning than mm-hmm. previous ones, which is that's fun. And uh, the girl gets burned alive. It's it's, it's really gross. Well, yeah, it is. Well, dude just has, gets to sit there and watch because his leg's fucked and caught in a bear trap. Mm-hmm. Now we got two survivors. I guess the other guy's still alive, but not for long. Uh-huh. You know, two survivors. Yeah. Left. They stumble upon... Whitney and her boyfriend here. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's Whitney. I keep forgetting her name. She's not in this movie very much, actually. She's like being a focal point of it. Yeah, she's important, but yeah. So, they so they're, stumble- in the, they're in the Voorhees house, I yeah, they, believe. They stumble upon the Voorhees abode. They see a, the, mm-hmm. a bunch of melted candles, and they find Pamela's head in the wall. I like how Jason doesn't necessarily have a big old altar to it. It's just in the wall. <laughs> it's not very a ceremonious place to put it. <laughs> Unless that's uh, Alice's head. We're not really certain, I guess, but... Yeah, I have no idea. I, I, I'm pretty sure it. I'm pretty sure it's Pamela's head. It's made to look like it. Yeah. Then Jason comes up through the fucking floor, mm-hmm. starts stabbing these kids, kills the fuck out of Whitney's boyfriend. Yeah. So she runs. Yep, but he, he begins chasing her. Chases her all the she way runs, back to the campsite. Yeah, all the way back to the camp, and she finds a dude caught in a bear trap. Tries to free him, and uh, Jason catches up and kills that guy while she's trying to free him. Dunzo. Yep, and then she looks like he Jason goes to slash her in the head and then it cuts Friday the 13th in red text. To the title card fucking 20 minutes in. And that's when I was like, kind of like, this is actually kind of neat. Yeah, 23 I, minutes exactly. I kind of dig this unconventional structure where this intro is actually this long. Because it tricks you into thinking that, like, these are going to be your main characters. And they're they're not necessarily, like, you know, treated as expendable. Like, they all have a lot of lines and everything during this whole segment. And things are set up, like the weed. (laughs) And, like, and it's also here where I noticed that, like, this movie is written way better than Freddy vs. Jason. Like, I think these guys have a lot more potential as writers than, you know, they may, they might have just got fucked over by the uh the studio on that one cuz I know they hired uh 
your boy, uh, <laughs> your boy, uh, why, why, why the fuck am I failing to remember his name? Uh, but Blade Trinity, man. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, cut the script to shreds with Freddy versus Jason. Anyway. Skip ahead six weeks. Yeah. We've got a new Our group actual of idiots. Characters. Yeah, a yes. new group of idiots. Mm-hmm. This time, just a few, just a couple more than last time. <laughs> yeah. Because we got a lot of here. people here. Well, uh, you know, our main guy is Jared Padalecki as Clay. Uh, he's our main character. He's looking for his missing sister, Whitney, who we just saw in the opening. Yeah. Now, obviously, we know him from Supernatural, or maybe you don't, but, you know, that's the thing he's famous for. Sam on Supernatural. I thought I recognized um, him before. I've only watched like two episodes of Supernatural and I hated it. That's, that's fine. But, but anyway, uh, I don't I don't think he's like a great actor or anything. He's fine. He's he is fine. OK in this movie. It's just like it's obvious that they chose him because he was in that. And that's like the only reason why he's here. Um, I'm OK with it. Like, I'm actually I'm glad that we have a main character that has like a goal and it's not just like random teens that just fall into the plot by happenstance. Like the plot is pretty active in this movie because we have a, a main character with a driving force and purpose, which is really atypical for these movies. Cause normally there isn't anything like that. <laughs> um, there's just kids that get killed. And then like, we got to run away is the plot. <laughs> so I like that that's here for a change. So our main guy is looking for his sister and asking people, and we have our car full of other dumb teenagers that have not really a point for the story. Chillin'. So who we got here? Uh, Danielle Panabaker as Jenna, who's uh, our not-quite-final girl, wink-wink. Dating Trent here, who's played by Travis Van Winkle. Uh, Huge douche, man. (laughs) Uh, We got... Our stoner comedic relief character, Aaron Yu, as Chewie. He was my favorite, actually. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he's he was fun. better than this movie deserved for sure. <laughs> like he's he was genuinely fun. funny. Uh, he played a much a very similar comedic relief role in a little movie called Disturbia that I think gets overlooked a lot, which is basically oh, like yeah. a remake of uh, it's basically a remake of Rear Window, but with Shia LaBeouf and like a more like a young adult kind of slant to it. Um, it's a solid movie. It's a decent film. I don't ever see anybody talk about it, but I liked it. Uh, who else we got here? Juliana Guile? Guile? Not Guile. <laughs> As Brie. Sonic. Uh, oh. Arlen Escarpeta as Lawrence, uh, Chewie's bro and a uh, fellow stoner. Um, we'll talk about a scene with him later, I'm sure. Uh, Ryan Hansen as Nolan, who I, I guess hates Christmas because he has a shirt that says, fuck Christmas. <laughs> what a Chad. Uh, and uh, Willa Ford as Chelsea. This is Nolan's girlfriend. And uh, I think that's that's all of our teenagers here are victims. Yes, our victims for the evening. So they all stop at a gas station and kind of meet up with each other and uh, right away yeah, are, are, have uh, some have some banter to introduce them for us. Yep. Yeah. Our, our comic relief character here buys a bunch of chips and condoms. 
Yes. And he's like, it's not for sex. I'm like, oh god. It's for an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have god, some oh, kind boy. of scene scene where like uh the the dude asks the black guy to pump the gas and he's like, Really, you're gonna ask the black guy to do it for you? And there's a couple moments like that where I'm like, Okay. <laughs> like they were forcing it a little. Yeah, just just a little, especially the second one. The second, yeah. Well, it was... didn't need to happen twice. You right. could do it once. Then they like, never do it again. It's really weird. I, I was know. just, I was, yeah, I was worried that that guy's entire personality was going to be saying, "Oh, so since I'm black, I got to do this." And I was like, really not looking forward to that being his role the whole movie. Right. <sighs> but it wasn't. So, so, uh, so yeah. Stanford Supernatural gets pulled over mm-hmm. by the cops. And he's like, the cops like, you're here again. He, they aren't here. She, your, your sister's not here. Everybody else yeah. has moved on. So why don't you, dummy? I and get he, kind of the sense that the cops in this town kind of know what's going on and are kind of like, just, just get out of here while the getting's good. Right. Like, it's interesting. It, there seems to be like a bit of a secretiveness to the entire area. Like it's kind of like a known secret that hey, there's a Jason <laughs> wandering around killing people, but like it's something we don't talk about and we just leave him alone. Because mm-hmm. we get another scene where he's talking to an old woman who kind of like says just as much, and it's very mysterious. I kind of like this aspect this movie because we don't really get to see a lot of the surrounding Crystal Lake area very much in these movies. Usually the backdrop is inconsequential to everything else that's going on. Yeah. And it still is here. But, For the most part. <laughs> but I like the brief little snippets. Um, I mean, I mean, like, so and he meets all of our other teenage characters as he's trying to uh, ask the uh, person at the gas station whether he's seen Whitney and or if he can put a poster up and uh, I don't know. Trent's like just like a fucking asshole to him for no reason. Dude, dude, dude just a big <laughs> piece of shit and rooting against him the yeah. whole fucking movie. But then they go their separate ways and that's when he gets pulled over by the cop and starts searching elsewhere. But eventually they will link up again. Yep. So, so they, so they arrive at Trent's house and you can already tell right away. He's a spoiled rich boy and a spoiled big rich boy's summer cabin. Yeah. Don't touch that. That's my dad's. <laughs> this dude plays rich asshole Chad boy really well, actually. It's believable that this dude is a huge pile of shit. <laughs> and, uh, we get a, we get a, get a, kind of, uh, a joke from Chewy here where he pulls out a bowl. He pulls out yes. a bog, sorry. Names it Lucille. Mm-hmm. I like Chewy. Yeah. He was a good dude. <laughs> then uh, Sam from Supernatural pulls up to a to a weirdly rundown house here. Get a little bit of yeah. Texas Chainsaw vibes from this. A little bit. Hey, same director of that remake. So, yeah. mm. get scared by a dog when an old lady shows up. And she's like, "You should be poking around here." But the kind of the foreboding. Right. I kind of mentioned this. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of like knows. But she's like the only one of the only people that does when she is also really old. So I guess I guess the old people would. Mm. Strip tells him that ah they're dead. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fucking weird lady and just leaves. Yeah. 
The other place he goes to is interesting. <laughs> yeah, so then he also goes to the, this uh, this weird like hillbilly guy's house. Yeah, uh, I mean, or he works somewhere. I, it was I, like a lumber yard or something. This is Kyle Davis, is Donnie, this uh, good old boy here who's sawing some shit, and it's really loud. And you know, Sam from Supernatural has to um, <laughs> get his attention, and it like scares him or whatever. And he's like, "Oh." Lucky I didn't shoot you, boy, and all that kind of bullshit. But anyway, eventually he's like, "Nah, I haven't seen her." Yep. And before he leaves, asking, "Hey, you want to buy some weed?" Right. He says that he found a bunch of weed, and you know, basically our clue in for the audience that oh, this is nearby. You know, the big, the big weed patch was where everybody died in the intro. So we're close. Right there. Which means Jason's not far away. Yep. And uh, Trent lets uh, our two of our other dummy characters uh, go and take the car to, to fill up a boat with gas. Mm-hmm. And says, don't take the boat. And as soon as he leaves, the guy's like, we're taking the boat. Oh, yeah, Nolan, the big fucking creepy Chad man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then and his Sam... Girlfriend- He's, that dude says something along the lines of like, "I'm schizophrenic." <laughs> Basically, yeah. And and then his girlfriend says, "I, what does it say about me that I find that kind of hot?" And I'm like, "Movie, please stop it, please." <laughs> and then Sam yeah. from Supernatural on his bogus journey shows up to uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> shows up to yeah. to, to, to the, the Trent house. Not realizing what La- he's walking into. Casa de la Trent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jenna, Trent's girlfriend, I guess. We'll ask more questions about that later in the movie. Uh, no, it, it is her. It is her, his girlfriend. Oh, that, that's stated early on. But like, you know, Trent's not exactly faithful. And and I don't blame her for not necessarily being faithful either. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's just it's off screen. But before the movie happened, she was considering breaking up with Trent anyway. Yeah, you can kind of tell. I really have to guess because he's a huge asshole and he's mm-hmm. being a huge asshole the whole time. And she kind of likes Sam from Supernatural. It's whatever. And we get our first modern time kill with Hillbilly Man. He thought he hears right. something in the house that reveals a mannequin and then starts like. Touching it, touching it, uncomfortable st- mannequin boobies. Well, he starts out by licking porn mags. Yeah, like straight up licking the porn mag. Which fucking, like, don't do that. <laughs> fucking, yeah, please don't lick a porn mags, kids. It's not good for you. Also, you're licking ink. Don't do it. Yeah, just, just don't be that weird. You can just jerk off. You don't have to lick the magazine. <laughs> he says. Anyway, to the- he goes up to the mannequin and he's like. Oh, like, because he's, like, spooked. And the jump yeah. scares, he pulls away the thing, and it's just the mannequin, and he's like, oh, that's just you, uh, whatever he calls the, the mannequin a name, I forget. Yeah, I forget, too. But then he says, cool, whatever. I'm gonna pound you so hard. Uh-huh. And then Jason shows up. Yeah, I'm glad Jason kills this guy. Like, yeah. honestly, thank God. This guy was a menace. Uh... <laughs> But he also rips the sack off Jason's head, and we get to see his face. It's really fucked up in this movie. Uh-huh. 
So like Jason needs something to cover it. Yep, and he's about to put the sack back on, but it's ripped. Yeah. So, so he sees yeah. the hockey mask. So yeah. Uh, um, Jason. So Jason now we time. get him actually with his iconic look with the hockey mask. Uh, I believe they actually worked to make this as accurate to the part three mask as possible. Um, Because a lot of the movies didn't give a shit about that necessarily. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, So Mears compared acting using the mask to Greek mask work. He said that the intent of the actor and their energy and thoughts would be picked up by the camera regardless of whether you could see their face or not. And, like, it's kind of a weird way to put it. I don't know if I necessarily wholeheartedly agree. But I do think there is a lot to it in acting, even though you have a mask on. Like, there's still a lot that can go into your performance. Right. And I think if you're, if you're good, people will still tell that you're putting on a good performance regardless. Sam continues this bogus journey with Jenna. And they go to the south part of the lake to try to figure out uh, if they can find anything else about his sister. In the meantime, our dumb kids are on the boat. We get, uh, this is my favorite part of the movie, actually. This whole little stupid segment. <laughs> <laughs> the kills here are good and work really well. And I like that it follows quite possibly the most ridiculous thing in the movie. And the most 2009 thing in the movie. <sighs> Which is, uh, they got the boat. And Nolan's, Nolan's girlfriend Chelsea here is going wakeboarding. But she's doing it topless. For whatever she's reason. she's doing it while Tick Tick Boom by the Hives plays. I, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it, honestly. <laughs> yeah! And, uh, but it's perfect because this stupid segment is interrupted by Jason straight up shooting this dude with an arrow. Yeah, he he is not, (laughs) he's not fucking around. He's got a bow. Yeah. Well, Jason probably hunts and shit. You you gotta live. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean teenagers. I mean, like, deer. Right. You gotta eat. So we get this great little bit where the dude is fucking dead and the boat's still coming and the girl like who just like wiped out on the wakeboard uh, comes up and, and and just gets fucking nailed by the boat because it doesn't stop. It very clearly concussed. Yeah. She's a little dazed and then Jason's sitting over there on the shoreline holding his bow. He sees her. Oh, it's such a creepy shot where it's just like she's in the lake and you just see Jason standing over there just watching. It's motionless. Mm-hmm. It's fucking creepy as shit. And she, she sees him, tries to tries to swim away, ends up hiding underneath she, the dock. Uh-huh. It then, doesn't work very well. Nope, Jason stabs straight through that dock down into her head. It's actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah, this is a great memorable kill, uh, both of these. The, this is why it's probably my favorite part of this movie. It's the most successful at, like, capturing the... Well, I don't know if magic is too big of a word for what they are. (laughs) Vibe. 
yeah. of the, like parts two and three. Right. You know, you got inventive kills. You know, not all of them look great. These look a little better, but uh, I would hope so because it's two thousand fucking nine. And the same for we Supernatural. We have a budget this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The same for new Supernatural journeys to the old Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, uh, with girl, right? Yep, with girl. With yeah, Jenna. she's kind of just like fuck this shit. My boyfriend's being an asshole. I'm just gonna go hang out with Sam from Supernatural for a bit. I mean, that's I think that's a pretty good idea. Sure. And I then, mean, fuck that guy. Trent's a fucking Trent. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's they, a, they picked the perfect name for that character. He is such a Trent. Trent sounds like such an asshole name. Sorry to all the Trents out there who aren't assholes, but you know. So it gets to nighttime, and they stumble upon Jason. Walking on back with a body bag. Mm-hmm. And the dead friends. bodies of uh, yeah. Nolan and and uh, Chelsea there. Yep, and then uh, I think it's Nolan's head rolls out in front of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're just trying to keep quiet. And Jason just like he notices uh, Sam for Supernatural's bogus bag, and gets mad. It just starts like throwing rowboats around. <laughs> Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And he takes the bag, I'm pretty sure. He does. He does take the bag. Yeah. Well, I think he's like kind of looking for them, but yeah. Because he, he lifts the rowboat that they were under, but they're gone by now. Yeah. They chose a good time to leave camera. But anyway. So this is a big reveal because now we see that Jason actually still has Whitney chained up. He didn't kill her. Um, She's here. Reason being, and she has his mom's locket, and uh, for some reason he won't kill her because he recognizes the locket or whatever when she holds it up or whatever. It, it's a little not done as like well as I would like. I don't, I, I don't particularly like that part of the plot. It's like kind of <laughs> weird. It's trying. It's trying to be that iconic part from two where uh, Ginny pretends to be his mom, but. That was done with, like, the whole sweater get-up, and, and Jason sees through it pretty quickly. And this is replicated in the video game and, and stuff. So, like, I don't know if he would actually just, like, leave her alive because he thinks it's his mom or related or... Like, I don't know what's going through his head. That he just keeps her and doesn't kill her. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it made, like a like, a physically more capable but dumber Jason. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 hard to tell. I can't figure. It. I can't I, put my this aspect it. of the movie should have been a little more fleshed out to make a little more sense. I... Yeah, and then they make a they make a very like snide reference like earlier on when they see the locket. Like Whitney's boyfriend tells her, "Oh, you just look just like her." Yeah. So I guess it's like the mom thing, but yeah. It's definitely the mom thing. So they're uh, so they they discover what's going on. They they go to rush back to camp. In the meantime, we got the boys playing some beer pong. Um, <laughs> the boys. Yeah, the boys. Yeah, dude, Chewie's better than Trent and the other girl. Sure, great. He fucking yeah. annihilates them. He at annihilates beer pong. them. Yeah, annihilates them. Tries to make them drink out of his shoe. Just great. What a champion. Yeah, and then they him. don't, and he just does it himself, the madman. He's a champion, that's why. 
And we're seeing he's a little... genuinely the best character in this movie. There's no competition. Oh, none, none at all. No, no, he's he's easily the best character. It's kind of crazy to me that the best character ended up being the like stoner idiot because usually that's like one of the worst characters in these movies. But just you know, this dude I think is the entire reason. Aaron, you he did a good job. He did. He he legitimately did. I, I enjoyed his performance. He leaned into it and made it fun. Like it's relatable. I guess like everybody right. knows that one friend who's like not an asshole, but fun. Yeah, that's key because usually they lean into it and make the dude an asshole like in all of these movies, even going back to part one where that dude was dressed up like an Indian and going a wah, 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 wah when the cop showed up, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, he was, he was like a genuinely nice guy. Yeah, he's just weird and funny. Which means that what's about to happen to everybody makes me feel sad in some instances. Right. I guess the nighttime mm. and the drinking continues. We got uh, the one girl here. I forget her name. Uh, ah, girl. Dancing around in the center of the room. Bree. Yeah, yeah that's Bree, a that's correct right. name. Yeah. You got Chewie over here going like, I want, I want to get up there and like talk to her and like, you know, I want, I want, I want, to, I want to fuck. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I think he breaks a chair or something. Yeah, so so he so he gets a shot lit for him. A shot of whiskey lit for right. him. Right. Yeah. Then, and then she she makes him take a sip of it, but uh he let the fire go too long, so the shot glass is too hot. So he burns his mouth. Falls mm-hmm. over on the chair. And then breaks chair. And then you know, and then then Trent wets his pants and starts crying like a little baby bitch. But Chewie is is resourceful. He's like, I will fix your chair. I know how to do this. It's yeah, fine. I, I know how to do woodwork. I'll fix your chair. Like, yeah. all right, tools and are then, in the shed. And so he goes out to the shed. And this whole segment is great. And part of why I like his character, because he's just like talking to himself in the shed. And it's yeah. it's really funny. Just making fun, <laughs> just making fun of Trent's rich ass. Yeah. Just like fucking jeez, I knew he was loaded. He's like walking around like fucking douchebag skis. <laughs> <laughs> and then he finds a cabinet full of liquor, like, like old vintage wine or whatever. Yeah, sure. It's like, whoa! I knew there was a reason I was Trent's fucking friend. <laughs> it was, just, it was like, just a bunch of bottles of Maker's Mark in there. I saw that shit, and you can't fucking get that past me. <laughs> nice try, well, whatever. Movie. For the purposes of the movie, it's supposed to be <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, I, I like the vibe that I get from this, where, like, he's only friends with Trent, and he can reap the benefits of his being rich. <laughs> right, exactly. You, on, like, easily. hey, man, I can't, I can't fault him for trying to run a little bit of a hustle here. <laughs> right. If you're this dude's friend, maybe you'll get some good things to happen to you, even though he's a douche and you have to put up with him being a douche. Hey, man. But unfortunately, uh, here comes Jason. Yep. Oop. Jason Oop. finds him in there, and they have a little bit of a struggle. It's not. It's not an easy. You know, Jason doesn't have an easy time killing him. He tries, but he has a. He has a try to come at Jason with a pick, and then Jason just turns around on him and shoves it through the bottom of his chin, and it's gross and it's yeah. slow. Mm-hmm. It made me very sad because not the best character. And he hangs him up. Yeah. 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 
I do like how it starts, though, because he finds a hockey stick and then Jason shows up and he's like, whoa, man, is this yours? Because he's high <laughs> and drunk. So like he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Right. <laughs> but yeah, rest then, in peace, best character in this movie. Sam from Supernatural Bogus Journey wraps him all the way back to the Trent house so they can warn mm-hmm. everybody about Jason. Yeah, meanwhile, Trent is cheating on his girlfriend with yep. the other girl. And uh, also, meanwhile, um, uh, Chewie's friend, uh, what his name? Is it Lawrence? Lawrence. Yeah. Is uh, trying to sneak a fap in? Question yeah, mark? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, everybody else, everybody else <laughs> getting horny as shit except him. He's like, I mean, I got to get my own. This really awkward but funny scene where, like, he's looking through, like, a Sears catalog kind yeah. of deal <laughs> and trying to find somebody that's hot to jerk off to. And, like, he f- just finds, like, a fucking MILF <laughs> sweater. And, like, he's just, like, good enough. And, <laughs> like, he's gonna about to. But then he, like, looks up and sees, like, this deer head staring at him. And he just kind of, like, turns the other way, <laughs> like, away from the deer head. So he's not, like, staring at the deer head in his periphery vision. Right. <laughs> the scene is so horribly awkward. And then it's interrupted by everybody showing up. And it's like, oh, well, I wasn't doing it. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, the, like Trent's girlfriend runs upstairs to try to get Trent. And, like, she could clearly tell that he's fucking. Yeah. And, like, you could tell at this point that their relationship was already broken before. Because she didn't even seem that mad. Well, there's more serious it. stuff going on now. Even then, like yeah. I would, I would take a little bit of time to be pissed that my SO was cheating on me. Just saying. Yeah, if you had a going better on. relationship than what was going on here, because yeah, clearly this is a deteriorating piece of shit relationship that well, yeah. both of them wanted an excuse to get out of. Right. And now they have an excuse, and that excuse is Jason Voorhees will kill them. Right. And they won't have to worry about any relationship ever again. <laughs> can't have boy problems if you're dead. <laughs> so Lord's like, I gotta get my boy Chewy. Don's uh, donning a uh, a pot as a shield. You know, bless him for going out after his boy, but this a fire is poker. Yeah. It looks fucking hilarious. <laughs> and he run, he how, it, how it feels how it feels when you go in the first cabin in a match of Friday the 13th, but exactly what all, that's, all that's in there is a pot. And like a firecracker, fire yeah, fire and you're like, yeah. There's, I don't even have a map, and then you just go outside, and Jason's there, and you're like, well, here we, here are. we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what it what it reminds me of. Yep, and then uh, he doesn't last too much longer here. No, Jason finds him, and he he has an axe. He he pokes Jason a couple times with a fire poker and injures him. Yeah, which is uh, but then Jason does this fucking. Alpha as fuck kill where he throws the axe at him overhand. You know he goes down to the local bar when you're in his sack. They got they got fucking every 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 bar in every every fucking dumbass town like ours has has a Mm -hmm. has has an axe throwing section in it. Jason goes to those like fucking tournaments that they show on ESPN the Ocho. Yeah. (laughs) Axe throwing tournament. Jason be good at it. He's really good at it. Apparently, he hits the wow, square yeah, in the back. He nails Lawrence here. Yeah, particularly brutally, he leaves Lawrence to sit there and scream while everybody inside has to listen to it. Yeah, this scene's fucked up and really hammers home the 
the sadistic Jason mm-hmm. that we have here. He's willing to just let him die and just sit there, you know, take his time with it right. because it could lure them out. Yep. But they don't fall from it, thanks to Sam from Supernatural saying it's a dumb idea to go out. Right. And then he finally just finishes Lawrence off by pushing the axe all the way through his chest. Mm-hmm. Gross. Lovely. And now Jason's made it into the house. Yeah, some cool shot of him uh, just creeping onto the roof while Trent looks out. Yep. Trent goes looking for gun. The other girl gets killed here. Yeah. Gets her head put through a, a, a deer a, a deer horn, I think. Ouch. Oof. Yep, and then... Uh, so we're down to just Trent, Sam from Supernatural, and... Uh, girl. Yeah. Whitney. No, not Whitney. Jenna. Jenna, yeah. Whitney's sister. She's still around, I guess. So, no, so they know he's... Jason's in the house now, and they go and look around. And, uh, uh-huh. Tr- Trent's a oh, they call the cops, by yeah, the they, way. Yeah, they call yeah. the cops, yeah. And Trent's a dumb fuck. He gets his gun, and he's just really trigger-happy. Like a big fucking mm-hmm. moron moron. Yeah. He finds he finds the dead body of the other girl. She's uh, she's right next to a rubber ducky. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know why that was there. I know, see, hey, hey, you gotta have a rubber ducky, okay? They're important. No, you don't. What, you don't have one? No rubber ducky? No! Why? My dog does as a chew toy. That's about it. Why don't you have a rubber ducky for yourself, buddy? What the fuck? You get yourself a rubber ducky, okay? It'll, it'll help calm you what, down. What? What the fuck? <laughs> Please stop this. Oh, God. So the cop pulls up then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, same cop from earlier. Yep, same cop from earlier. Mm-hmm. Immediately gets killed by Jason. I love that this happened this way. There's, like, absolutely no safety. <laughs> yep, then they, they run outside. You got, you got a man in a truck here. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to motion him to get out of the way or whatever. And this scene's really weird. Couldn't tell I exactly kind of liked it. On. Well, okay, so he's trying to, like, flag the guy to pick him up so he can get away. This is Trent, by the way, trying yeah. to run away. Trent loses his fucking gun in the swamp, by the way. Yeah, moron. Yeah. Uh, so he's trying to get away in the back of this tow truck, but Jason's there. And Jason, like, fucking hooks him on the tow truck hook. Yeah, and the dude's like, fuck this, it just drives, speeds away. With, with Trent still hanging from his tow truck hook. So that guy does get away, but I'm sure there's going to be some people having some questions back to town. Mm, probably, <laughs> mm, maybe just a little bit. Like, oh. Uh, Come on, Gregory, that's the third time this week you pulled a cadaver <laughs> with your truck. I don't know, man. It's just by accident, I swear. <laughs> I, I did like his like reaction. He just went like, oh, sh- sh- fuck this, and just, just hit the gas. <laughs> like, you know, same, dude. Yeah, same. So we're down to our actual main characters now. Yep. And they are, they go back to the Jason house and they're, they're looking through it. I don't know why they go back to the Jason house. Seems like a not safe place to go yeah, to. Mighty convenient, though, because they they run into Whitney. Well, yeah. 
and uh, that's as, as soon as Jason's coming down to get them, by the way. So he's like, you know, they have a, like a little bit of a moment, like, I can't believe you're still alive. And that, but, you know, that has to be cut short because Jason's coming down. And like really weird system Jason has here where this is like this tunnel that is under the Voorhees house that goes all the way to outside into a bus out of a hole in the ground. Yeah. Into like a derelict bus. Weird. Like he designed this tunnel system to get around. Yeah. Interesting. Listen, he needed to get to the axe throwing bar without too many people seeing him, okay? Right. He can't just take a bus like in part two to go to Alice's (laughs) house. Yeah. All right. Oh, whatever. Well, fucking funny shit. I love that. Anyway. um, Final chase begins here. Yeah. With, uh,. Girl unexpectedly dying, by the way. Yeah, very Jenna's very Jenna's just kind of nonchalantly killed, she and I was like, hooked. oh, huh. I was even confused as to which girl died at first, because I was like, oh my god, did his sister die after he fucking rescued her? That's cruel as shit. But no, his sister's the one that's alive, and Jenna's the one that bit it. And I was like, well, that's, like, better, I guess, but... It's really weird that they, like, focused a lot on, like, these two maybe being in a relationship or something. And then she's, like, the final girl, and then, like, nah, not really. The final girl's sister, I guess. I guess I guess. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway. So they they make it out to the bus here. I think it's thrown through a couple windows, but he's all right. Yeah, they have, like, a bit of a big old brawl here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we eventually come to where part three ended and where part five ended. Probably another one I'm forgetting. A barn. Yep, this is the, uh, if I remember correctly, is this the woodcutting barn from earlier in the movie? Ah, uh, maybe. That would make sense. It looks kind of similar. I'm not certain. And it has like a wood chipper in it, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's that it does. Yeah, so J- Jason tries to slam Sanford Supernatural's head into that thing, and isn't he like some kind of weird, like a mortal thing or whatever? Supernatural. I have no idea what goes on in that. He'd probably be fine. He dies multiple times, if I remember correctly. He'll be okay. But then, but then oh. we do the we do the part two Supernatural guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Probably. No, probably. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what happens to that show. But then uh, we get we get the the Friday the Thirteenth part two pulled. Mm-hmm. She holds the amulet. The, the, the Winnie holds the amulet out for everyone. Who goes Jason. Yeah, it stuns him. Yep. And uh this lets uh the character playing as Tommy Jarvis yeah. kill kill Jason. Uh but unfortunately they're playing as uh Jared Padalecki. So Jason doesn't die, sorry, but it seems like he does. Uh Jason gets uh wrapped up in some chains here and hung, but he's still alive, and then the chain gets hooked into the the wood shaker. Yep. And like he gets he gets dragged into the wood chipper, Jason. Yeah. And his head his head get his head get chipped. Yeah, and also good. To, and to make sure to make sure it's happening here, when he also stabs him in the chest with the machete. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um and then uh movie over kind yeah, of our final scene here. They just kind of, instead of, like, I don't know, doing anything else, they just kind of, like, push Jason's body into the lake. Yeah, it was really awkward. For undisclosed reason. Don't contact the authorities and go, like, we killed Jason or anything. 
You mean like maybe that wouldn't be the best move? Right. I don't know. Who knows what the fuck? And then uh, we get the the ending we wanted part one to have. Jason just jumps out of the lake, grabs his girl, and it cuts to credits. Right, but it doesn't work as good because yeah, yeah. It's too late. The, the whole reason that would work for part one is it's completely unexpected. I very ex- much expected Jason to still be alive here. Right. Because, you know, the movie's still going. So, <laughs> like, and this is the confirmation that he is supernatural after all. Die blah. He got his mask back and everything, dude. Madman. He swam down and grabbed yeah, that shit. How do you get but... uh, Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty alpha of him. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that was Friday the 13th, 2009. Great. Uh, it was okay. Yep. I liked aspects of it, and other aspects of it were tiring, and it really didn't do anything new necessarily. Like, it's it's Jason was different, bringing it kind of back to the part two and three vibe mm-hmm. more, uh, but maybe even more effectively in some ways. But I think I still like those movies better, obviously, for several other reasons. Uh, now the film was a huge success, grossing ninety two point seven million, a lot for a Friday movie, uh, against a nineteen million budget. However, critics were, as usual, not so enthused. We got a twenty six percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and I got a little Roger Ebert quote here that's pretty good from his review. Quote: It will come as little surprise that Jason still lives in the woods around Crystal Lake and is still sore sore about the death of his mom. Jason must be sore in general. Get it? Because he's old. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. So, um, I guess before we transition to our retrospective wrap-up here, let's talk about this. So there were attempts to make a sequel to this reboot. However, it seems like there may have been uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. You know what I mean? We got Paramount with rights. We got New Line with rights. We got Platinum Dunes with rights. And we got Crystal Lake Entertainment with rights to this franchise. Like, everybody kind of, like, not willing to commit fully monetarily here and there. So the film was reportedly set to be titled Various Things During Its Years of Development. Friday the 13th Part 2, just straight up. Friday the 13th Part 13, because it would have been the 13th movie in the franchise. And Friday the 13th Camp Blood, The Death of Jason Voorhees. Jesus uh, Christ. Just, that would have been a terrible title. You could have just called it Camp Blood. That would have been fun. You just, you just call it Camp Blood. Maybe. I don't know if it would have the necessarily the widespread brand recognition like enough. Uh, Maybe just call it Jason Voorhees or something. I don't know. So the film was confusingly set to be an origin film for Jason. Oh no, they did the thing. Featuring his mother as a main character. Uh, Even though this plan was scrapped during development of the last film, uh, but eventually, things took so long to get going that the rights reverted to New Line in 2018. And then the legal battle really began. <laughs> so we've talked about this a little bit 
throughout our 12 episodes here, but uh, let me just try to like get through this. This is more complicated than I'm going to make it sound because legal battles are stupid and legalese is overly complicated when you get into it. But basically we got Victor Miller, the writer behind the first film suing Sean S. Cunningham, the director of the first film over the rights to the characters. Miller claiming that since he wrote the film, he owns the rights to the characters, not Cunningham. Cunningham countersued saying Miller was operating under a work made for hire contract and therefore did not have any legal right to the copyright of Friday the 13th. Now, Miller won a recent court battle, but Cunningham appealed, so this is still ongoing and unresolved, and the current state of the world is making things go way slower on this admittedly less important than uh, actually important fucking things legal battle (laughs) going on. Um, Now, the weird thing about this whole thing is Miller didn't write, he only wrote part one. He didn't write anything about Jason being an adult masked killer. Yes. So the, the weird thing is that aspect may still end up being owned by Cunningham and the rights to the franchise may end up being a complicated mess where Victor Miller owns the rights to like Friday the 13th and the Jason character, but Sean S. Cunningham owns the rights to maybe Jason Voorhees as we know him in future film. It's really hard to say how this all shakes out. Like, you know, the franchise is complicated. The hockey mask didn't even show up until part three. So who gets to decide who owns that aspect of the iconography? (laughs) <laughs> like, what do you do? Basically, this dude's just going to get ripped to shreds. Friday the 13th, as we know, it's probably over. At least for a long time. Um, only time will tell. Now, there's tons of parties that are interested in making Friday content. Uh, there was the video game, but that had to cease continued production of new content due to the lawsuit. Big bummer. Uh, you had uh, the CW trying to make a TV series that they kind of like decided not to go forward with and uh, decided to make great quality programming like uh, Riverdale instead. Oh, great. Yeah. And, and you had uh, you had LeBron James, of all people, looking to produce a Friday film. Uh, I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. But anyway. It's his own production company. Yeah. Now, all this is on hold now until the original creators set out their, you know, sort out their dumb mess or die. That could happen. They're old. Uh, I, so, like, I don't really know what's going to happen. Like, surely to God, we're going to get another one at some point. But I wouldn't even know when it could happen. Or, like, what station it takes. Cause, like, yeah, because it could be a movie that doesn't even have Jason with the hockey mask, you know? It could be a movie that's like more of a remake of the first one. Like, who knows what could happen? Yeah, we have, we have no idea. And uh, I mean, the biggest yeah. bummer out of all this, honestly, the biggest bummer out of all this is the effect it had video on the game. video game. Which, uh, yeah, th- yeah well, they were about to do a Jason X thing, yeah. and now they can't. So yeah. we've peppered a little bit about the game, like, in and out while we've been going through this series. And, like, yeah. now that we're finished, I can, I mean, I, I already knew this kind of beforehand, but I can definitely say that. Funnily enough, the video game is the best piece of Friday the 13th content that exists. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's my favorite thing with the name on it. Yeah, like basically 100%. Uh, I, I love the game now. It's not perfect. No, it's, it's broken. And it, it, <laughs> and it was way more broken before. But, but now I'm like really in a sad place with it because recently there's been, uh, you know, matches that you spawn in and you can't interact with anything and then it kicks you out. And that's been basically my experience with this game for this entire month. Because I've been playing it pretty semi-regularly throughout our entire uh, rewatch of all we of these here. It, we've been playing it together at least a couple times a week. Yeah, but we haven't for several weeks because uh, hackers have fucking made it so that this shit is happening right now. And they're trying to figure it out. At least they said they have on Twitter. Gun Media and Ilphonic and everybody. But... It's been taking so long, and a lot of that could be due to COVID. Like, I know that it's hard to fix things, and a lot of it could be due to legal battles because people are trying to hack Apparently, yeah. the well, game. They're allowed to do, from, from everything that they explained when, when they had to cease production, mm-hmm. they, they were the only thing they were told they weren't allowed to do was create new content for the game. They were still allowed yeah, they to were allowed keep the to servers running, servers yeah, and, and like update yeah. the game still. Like they can like it's they can bugs. like change things that are already in it, but they can't add new things. Yeah, but now we have the situation where the game is really fucking broken and doesn't work, and it's been like that for the entirety of July with no end in sight. And I'm kind of worried that this is just the end. Because, like, you know, Ilphonics moved on and Gun Media have moved on. They have their own new projects. Ilphonic with the Predator game that they've been regularly updating. So, I don't know. Like, eventually they're going to cut their losses and not support Friday the 13th anymore. And I'm wondering if this is going to be an inciting incident towards that. I hope it isn't. I hope that they continue to support it and, like, do bug fixes and server upkeep. And, like, it's available to play. Amazingly enough, it still has like a pretty regular regular base of players. Like we have no yeah. when we go and play it on PS4, we have no problem finding matches at all. We, yeah. Which is weird because Dead by Daylight is popular. And I actually it took like way longer to get in matches in Dead by Daylight when I was trying to play that. It's also a worse game. Hey hey. Yeah, I don't like it nearly as much. I mean, I, I respect people that like it, but I, I kind of like wish that like I like aspects of it and aspects of Friday, and I wish that they would could be combined into one game somehow. But be that as it may, I think I just like Friday more. I like playing as Jason a lot. I like trying to trick people and out out juke them, I suppose. It's really difficult sometimes because some people are really good at the game and yeah. are able to just run around a piece of furniture for 10 minutes eluding me. <laughs> it happens. The, the, the whole point of the game is to chase when you're the killer. When, when you're Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees, the whole point is to chase. You can wear them it, down. And, like, that's the whole point. And it's it's like you'd figure how it would mm-hmm. go. In these movies, like yeah. Jason, like, like on the final chases of all these movies, Jason chases them down and they, they, they either hit a trap or they get, or they, like, trip over or they get weak and, like, stuff like that happens. They emulate that yes. really well in this game. And they emulate basically everything regarding Friday the 13th really well in this game. I'm, I'm consistently like impressed, especially now that I've, we've been watching all of these movies and then going back and seeing it all. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's well, the level design is immaculate. It's basically like a, a remake of the sets, like as they were. It really looks immaculate. Yeah, they, they, the Crystal Lake map looks just like the Friday the Thirteenth original movie, and that's also the case for Higgins Haven and Peck and uh, the uh, Pinehurst. Like all all the locations from all these movies. Yeah, they just like recreated them to the T. Yeah, like, Ilphonic's games aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. No, but they no, they're not. But they nail like the aesthetic of like the the product they're making. They did, they did yeah. the same exact thing with Predator Hunting Grounds. It nails it. Friday the 13th mm-hmm. nails it so good. Yes. And it's so much fun to play. I'm like, if this is the end of it, I'm going to be really sad. Me too, because, uh, th- like, you know, when I, when I was initially looking at, uh, you know, because I like platting games. Hey, did you guys know that? Um, <laughs> I was looking at the trophies, and I was like, this is impossible. I'm never going to play a game this much. But then I started playing the game a lot. And I was like, you know what? I would like to plat this game eventually. But now it looks like I'm not going to be able to. Because, I mean, you got to do like a thousand matches as both sides. You know, it's a big grind. But it was yeah. one I was willing to go on because I think I like this game that much. Yeah, me too. To I probably like play it like a little bit like every day or every other day. It's actually and one of my... I don't have a lot of games I feel that way about. Weirdly enough, so, d- despite its bugginess and a little bit of brokenness, I think it's one of my favorite multiplayer games on the PS4. Like, period. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd be willing to play a match or two all the time, anytime. But here we are. I can't even get into one match. You know, I'll, I'll try it again today. I've been trying it, like, every other couple days here just to see if it's any different, and it hasn't been for a long time. With uh, no real update of substantial change from... Gun or Ilphonic or yeah. the Friday the 13th Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. See we'll see. Holds. Yeah, either way, I'm sad about it. So, let's let's definitively finish our rankings. Let's do it. Sure. So, where do we put this? This is a tough one. Friday the 13th, 2009. Yeah, I think so, too, because it's definitely better than the shit ones yeah but you know i don't i don't think it's nearly as good as part six or part three or part two or part four i think that that top four is going to stay the same yeah for me so below that we got jason x i think jason x is better than this because yeah, it's more unique i like it's I like fun and unique right. yeah 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 i like jason x more for sure that's... how about part five because that's the next one we got here hmm hmm I'm kind of leaning towards it being better than part five. Yeah, like, very, the, like the rest marginally. of the, yeah, <sighs> yeah, that's fair because they're both flawed. But I think this one nails what it's trying to go for in some aspects. And five, I don't think yeah, it nails think much agree. of anything. Uh, the, the I, I mean, five is look. You know, I think being middle to, of the ground for this movie makes it, it sense. Definitely, I think, I think it definitely nails like at the obviously the aspects of Jason Voorhees and the killer and shit like that. Way better than part five does. Part five's like got that disappointing ending. It's got like, oh my god, do you just ever weird ass shit in it? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna put it there. So, um, you want me to go best to worst or worst to best? Worst to best. All right. Well, obviously the worst is Jason goes to hell at the number twelve spot. 
there's no it, it was bound to be this <laughs> let's be real yeah with number 11 being freddy versus jason which isn't a whole lot better um fun fight scenes i think we can agree on that but everything else is kind of fucking mad and very mid 2000 going uh <laughs> number 10 would be part eight jason takes manhattan that movie sucks yep <laughs> Number nine, the fucking original, which is way lower than I would have anticipated. But, I mean, really, what can you say? Yeah. It is it's it is what it is. It's somewhat important to horror as a whole. But I think just, it's no, it's no classic like Halloween. It yeah. really isn't. No, not by any stretch. Yeah. Uh, next up would be part seven, The New Blood. Um boring until the end i'd say some good kills sprinkled throughout it but really just gotta get to that jason versus carrie for it to be any fun then part five which i think we only said was better than part seven because of the ending of part seven with the dad being resurrected yeah and also maybe the boringness like part five is not boring it's just fucking weird uh um then we got the remake 2009 then jason x then friday the 13th the final chapter and our top three are part two part three and at number one and i think it deserves it is part six jason lives yeah that is indeed the best 100 percent. no fucking content it, it embraces the cheese of what it is it has a lot of genuinely hilarious moments awesome kills i love tommy jarvis as a character Mm-hmm. That's easily the best movie. Easily. So what's the what's the cutoff point for like recommending the movies? I'd say it's at Jason X. I agree. So those first yeah. five are good. Yeah, I, I would the agree. The rest, yeah, it's Jason X. The rest have their moments, but not really worth your time. That's what I would. Say. Yeah, I would agree with that. I definitely would agree with that. So I mean, you know, hey. It was a lot of fun. Um, if you're looking at Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, the ranking is very different and stupid. <laughs> like, according to them, the worst would be Part 8 that they gave an 8% to, and the best would be the original that they gave a 62% to. But, you know, it's all kind of like in that middle ground of, you know, most of these movies got 20s yeah, around there. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not worth going through all of it. I mean, I said them every time we did an episode. Right. Uh, do you want to just briefly like I know we're probably going long anyway. Just discuss like. Maybe just like. Favorite like, I don't know, like kill or maybe like Jason. Sure. Or anything like what was the best and worst of this franchise, man? Well, I'd, I'd say after everything, I think my favorite kill is, is still the, the, the sleeping bag against the tree. That's definitely a good one from part seven, I think. Yeah, um, part seven. Yeah. I, uh, that's, there's so many good ones, even in bad movies, is the thing. Yeah, like, there is. Some, some of this uh, franchise usually gets right. Yeah, like part eight sucks ass, but it still has the head punch. The head punch is fucking dope. Golden. <laughs> and but I think my favorite is actually in from Jason X, 
where he freezes the girl's head and then smashes. Oh yeah, that, that, that's a that's a great one. I think that's my favorite, but the sleeping bag's definitely up there. And also the rec- the recreation of it in Jason X is yeah. also up there. That's uh, super funny. Um, I I kind of also really like uh, Jason's death himself in part four, where he's, his head sliding on the, the knife. Oh, yeah, that's that real good. good. That's good that shit. real good. Um, I think the movie with the worst kills is probably part five because yeah. they were edited to fuck by the MPAA. So, you know, yeah, not much. That, and, and that was the case for a lot of them from that point onward. Like part six is also edited, but they found a good way around that. That still has some inventive kills like the cop getting folded in half. Yeah. And uh, the weird smiley face bit, which I guess the fan base is torn on whether that's a good kill or a dumbass kill. I think it's funny. I, I don't think, really I care. think it's a great <laughs> dumbass kill. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, come on. And you can even go back to like, you know, the first movie still has that iconic Kevin Bacon one, which is good. Yeah. From underneath the bed. It's a good moment. It's repeated multiple times throughout the franchise. Mm-hmm. So what's like the best Jason? Like, I guess look and performance would go into this. Performance is everything Kane Hodder does easily. Easily the best Jason. Yeah, and I think as far as look goes, like I would agree with you with the hotter, but like I really love his part seven look. Yeah, where he's he's really super soggy and falling apart, and I, I like that he even gets more fucked up from that, from when he's fighting fucking not Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> just like no, that's the best looking Jason easily. Yeah, easily. Um, yeah. I mean, like, what's the worst? Probably like Freddy versus Jason, right? We've oh, yeah, 100%. That yeah, already. He, he looks like shit. Because yeah. even though he's like, I mean, like, I don't know. Jason Goes to Hell is weird because, I mean, well, obviously. But <laughs> it's weird because I like the way he looks in that, but he's barely fucking in it. Right. And I can't really fault it because when he is in it, it's still Kane Hodder and still fun. Like, at least for, for the brief amount of time that he's on screen. Probably like 15 minutes total of screen time. <laughs> it's probably less. It's yeah, the Freddy versus Jason is the worst one. I, I don't know why they didn't Kane Hodder stay. Yeah. And you know, I, I really like Part Seven, probably the best. Yeah, I agree. Lots of good ones, though. I mean, Kane Hodder played him a lot, but uh, the dude who played him in Part Six, who was just a dude they found doing a Jason impression in a bar, that shit's awesome. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Not to mention the dude in part four who was like a stunt double for John Wayne and he's a huge motherfucker and he fucking got a kick out of fucking scaring the shit out of Corey Feldman. Like, that's some fun stuff. Yeah. That's some fun stuff right there. So, uh, you know, besides the video game and comics that I read that were bad, um, you have fan films, uh, a lot of them, but there's only one that I've really heard anything positive about. And that's a movie called Never Hike Alone, which is an hour and I believe is available on. Now, I haven't watched it. But I've heard that it's actually not bad. Huh. Uh, it was released on YouTube in 2017. I guess it's about a hiker who, during a solo backpacking trip, discovers the long lost remains of Camp Crystal Lake. And he soon realizes he's not alone. Oh, good. The description I was reading had an ad on it. 
Okay, anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> it only popped up for a second. You're all right. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know how this is. I may eventually watch it. I didn't watch it in time for this. But, uh, interesting. I, I've at least heard that, uh, it, it's not bad for a fan movie. And that may be all you're going to get for some time now. Yeah. Now, the other project that I don't believe is out yet, I believe it's filming currently, that is interesting it's not really a friday the 13th movie but it is about friday. and it's a movie called 13 fanboy and this is a movie that is being directed by deborah Voorhees, which you may remember was the girl with the titties in part five who actually shares the last name of Voorhees with jason yeah um so this movie is about a fanboy of the Friday the 13th movies who uh, doesn't I guess get that is fake and uh, starts killing former female uh, cast members of Friday the 13th films. Interesting. And it actually has a lot of people playing themselves in this uh, D. Wallace, Lar Park Lincoln, uh, fucking even Adrian King, apparently, which is weird because she's been like semi retired since like even just part one. Right. So that shit's crazy. Huh. That might be fun. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, even maybe Kane Hodder might be in it too. But fucking Corey Feldman. I don't know if, how accurate IMDb is. I'm going to doubt Corey Feldman is actually fucking in this. Yeah, but. doubt, doubt, hard doubt. Press X. Hard doubt. So I don't know what's going on with this movie because it was filming and then, you know, hey, it's 2020 ah, Corona. So I don't know, like it could be interesting or it could end up like the fanatic or something like I, I don't know what <laughs> what, like, what, it, <laughs> what the vibe is going to be necessarily. But it, it could be an interesting concept. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see if it ever comes out. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Um, if it's good enough, maybe we'll we'll talk about it on our show. Sure. Now that we've closed the book on Friday the 13th, we're going to go for another wheel spin. Yeah. A now, little um, different this time. Yeah, I mean, we had to do something a little... So, this is episode 92, I believe, of our podcast. Yeah. And we have a little bit of something special planned for episode 100. We're planning on basically having a big discussion slash ranking of every single movie we've watched. Now, in order to do that and to have the 100th episode be that, we need to have any series we're watching wrapped up by the time we're hitting episode 100. So that really only leaves us with seven episodes. So we can't, you know, do something like... I don't know, for instance, Planet of the Apes, because it has like 10 fucking movies. Or Airbud. Or Airbud, which has fucking 14. <laughs> which is probably like 13 too many. Um, so, for this wheel spin, me and Jusby have assembled a listing of films that have three or four entries. So, um,. Because we have a bigger wheel now. We went in and got a bigger wheel with 14 it is, slots. It is huge. So I got seven 
trilogies and seven um, quadrilogies for us to to look at here. So what we're going to try to do here is spin the wheel and get a four movie and spin the wheel and get a three movie. Yeah. And uh, that may require a couple spins, depending on what we get. Hopefully it works out. Yeah. So, So, Justin, I am at my house away from the wheel. Right. I am on wheel duty. So give give us a little uh, walk through what's on that. Yeah. So there's some familiar stuff on here from previous wheels and some new stuff. Uh huh. Um, Well, we had to find a lot of franchises. I kind of went to um, the bottom of the barrel and scraped it a lot to find some stuff to put on here. (laughs) Right. So, but hey, first random as hell. One that's been on here for a while that I hope we get at some point is Godfather. Hell yeah, that would be actually a lot of fun until it's not with part three. Right. Uh, We have Mad Max. That's four entries, and I'm looking forward to that because I've only ever seen Fury Road. I would love to do that. It's pretty good movies. Uh, we have Back to the Future. Every single movie there is good. All three. That would yep. be a good one to get. Evil Dead. That would also be a good one to get. So that's four movies if you count the remake. And while we go through it, I would like to talk about Ash versus Evil Dead, uh, hopefully. But four movies. Most of which I know are good. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah, so that's two that are fun, and then one that is not. And I guess there's a fourth one coming, but uh, COVID has made it happen. I think it would have been out already if COVID didn't. Oh, yeah. But no, not not, not to be. Probably not till next week. Movies are canceled. Movies are canceled. And we have Robocop. Yeah, that's a, a trilogy and a remake. Uh, I've never seen any of them. I'd, I'd be kind of stoked to get that. Yeah, me too. And then we have Scream. That's also four movies. Um, I don't know. I've never seen any of those either. But I kind of hope we don't get that one because I'm kind of horrored out after watching 12 fucking Friday the 13th yeah, movies. Same. Evil Dead's kind of an exception to that in my brain because it's also like... Not well, I know that those are good. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know how I'm going to feel about Scream. This thing. Yeah. And we have the Three Flavors Cornetto. Yeah. So this is Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright and Nick Frost's trilogy of unconnected movies that uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Uh, they're considered a trilogy because they have all the same people in them, and also all of them are comedies that have a horror element and also they have uh the cornetto brand ice cream in all of them so a bit different from the uh continuity based kind of shit we've been doing but it's considered a trilogy yeah then we have the naked gun yeah i never i don't think we've done a straight up comedy series on here probably because most of them are not worth looking at in terms of a big franchise yeah this is only three movies and i love this style of humor despite having never seen any of these. so like the airplane style yeah so that would be a fun one to get then we have house this is a weird one i wanted this one on here i'm sorry just I'm sorry if we get this and it's terrible. I don't know what will happen. I've only seen the first one, 
So House is a 1980s horror movie <clears throat> directed by Steve Miner, the director of Friday 2 and 3 uh, and H2O that we've watched on here. House is great. It's a haunted house movie with ghosts and crazy fucking special effects. I don't know how the sequels are. There's House 2, the second story. Get it? And then House 3 is like a fucking completely unrelated movie that's just called House 3 because they decided to. It's like a Halloween 3 situation. And then House 4 is actually continuing the continuity. Uh, yeah. Direct-to-video movie, so it's probably shit. I don't know. I mean, if we get it, we get it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And we have the Dollars Trilogy. This would also be a very great one to get. This is the Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Westerns, directed by Sergio Leone, right? Yep. And uh, so that's uh, for a fistful of dollars, for a few dollars more, and the iconic Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I think I've seen all of them. I don't. I don't. I remember less about the first two, but um, they're great. And it would be cool to discuss it and be different for our show. Yeah, my uh, my grandfather was a big fan of westerns, so I've watched a lot of the iconic westerns with him. Yeah. I've seen all three of those movies, and I like all three of them. These are They're widely considered a trilogy, but the funny thing is that I think Leone doesn't consider them a trilogy. Yeah, even though they all have Clint yeah, Eastwood I'd... playing basically the same character in them. I don't know. B- whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and we have uh, Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Movies. I've I haven't seen the fourth one yet. Neither have I. And but it would be cool to revisit them too because they're very nostalgic for me. They're all great movies, honestly. Um, it it would be fine to get this. Be a good change of pace from uh, you know, <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, let's see. see what happens. Then uh. A franchise that is somehow more family friendly than Toy Story, Jackass. Uh-huh. Oh yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be a weird I can't one. Believe so that's put four. That on the wheel. Uh look, Justin. We were running out of things that have three or four entries in them. Also, I think this would be a fun change of pace. It would be um, very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to talk about these like we usually talk about movies. I guess we don't. Because it's not like they're movies with plot. Right. Um, but I have a lot of nostalgia for these from my uh, edgy high school days, you know? And uh, so there are technically four because there's Bad Grandpa, but I've never seen that one. Yeah, and I, I've, it heard it's, really I've heard it's bad. It really well, count. it does, though. It's there. It's called Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa, unfortunately. Mm. And then uh, so, uh, last and, uh, and least, uh, Blade. <laughs> That's not least at all. That's at least one. That's at least one good movie made up from parts of Blade One and Two, and none from Three. Right. <laughs> sure. Ah, I, I. So I'm counting that as three. There is a fourth, but it was basically like a pilot for a TV show, and it doesn't have Wesley Snipes. It has some other guy, and like I'm not gonna. Is that all of them? That's it. It's sir. It's time. You didn't put air. You didn't put Airbud on there. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I had Airbud on there. I as a meme earlier today. Mm-hmm. I was getting the mm-hmm. I know. And I uh, I removed Blade and added Airbud. And I said, "Again, you forgot one. Here's our punishment, Airbud." <laughs> what would we even do? 
if you actually did that no, to me. One day I'm going to actually do it, and then we're going to have to deal with the consequences, okay? Oh, we're going to watch it someday. But let's get to episode 100 first. Let's at least get over that hump. Before we, <laughs> yeah. before we watch 14 talking dog movies. <laughs> or, well, I don't think he talks in all of them. No, I don't think once so. You get, once you get to the Air Buddies bullshit, they talk. God, please don't let me watch that. That's please no. Someday. Are you ready? <laughs> well, not to if you fucking... not if you not if you quit first. Right, when we start watching old... Resident Evil, right, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to fucking rattle, brother? Yeah, dude. It's been a while. Let's fucking rattle. Let's fucking rattle. Rattle me bones. Welcome aboard, mateys. Rattle me bones. Rattle me bones. Take what he will, but don't rattle me bones. Spin the wheel for the treasure to take. Careful, my friend, or he'll rattle it. Shake it. Rattle me bones. Turn the lights low. There's a frightening blue, but don't rattle me bones. Rattle me, rattle me, rattle me bones. You can use your skill to take what you will. You can take your pill, but don't rattle me bones. Battery sold separately from ideal. Spin number one. Let's go. What are we gonna get? What are we gonna get? Oh boy. Uh, slowing down. Slowing down. Evil Dead. Hey! Alright. I'm okay with one. this. That's a good one. I'm very okay with this. I'm very excited mainly to watch Army of Darkness again. I adore that movie. So. I should adore all three of those movies. Justin. I've never seen it. Um, yeah. So that's our four movie entry. Right. So, so you're going to have to spin that wheel again and try to get a number three. If you don't, then we're just going to respin it until we do. Oh, boy. There are, there's, you have a 50-50 chance here. Right. <laughs> but so, we'll watch Evil Dead first and then go to our Just to make sure I don't fuck this up. Mm-hmm. That'll be what? Uh, Godfather, Ghost- Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, right. Three Flavors, Cornetto, Blade, Naked Gun, and Dollars. Okay. All right, spin number two. Okay. Rattle me bones, rattle me bones. Take what he will, but don't rattle me bones. Spin the wheel for the treasure to take. Careful, my friend, or he'll rattle me bones. Rattle me bones. Turn the lights low, there's a frightening blue, but don't rattle me bones. Oh, that was Mad Max. Can't do that one. Respin. Yeah, do it again. No spin. Sorry, Mad Max. Man, that, that, I hope it will work for Mad Max. Maybe some Too bad. Oh, we'll put it back on the wheel like immediately. Yeah, for sure. The Dollars Trilogy. Okay. That's, that's the plan, then. Boom. So we're going to do Evil Dead and the Dollars Trilogy in our 100th episode. Yep. Run out some pretty good the movies. Next, the next eight episodes of Gannon Jub content for you guys. Yep. Oh, boy. Episode 100 will be a crazy franchises. Yeah, it is. I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it's not Jackass and Blade or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> that would have been. That would have been painful and and weird. But uh, I'm okay with this. This is yeah. fine by me. Absolutely. And then once we once we are begun again at episode 101, we'll have a big ass wheel with some big memes on it. Oh, some huge memes. Oh man. Including Airbud. Hell yeah, dude. So, we'll see we, y'all next week. Are we week. actually going to do it? Are we actually I'm, I'm putting it? it on the wheel. Ah, well, then Resident Evil's going. Yeah, Resident Evil is going on the wheel. And then and mm-hmm. as, as subsequent punishment, so does Air Bud. 
So next can week, can we just have a pain wheel? Yeah, I mean that pain I mean, wheel. It's partially bad. It's partially. Uh, you know bad. what? That's fine. That's fine. We have like the Godfather on it, but then like almost everything else sucks. So like, <laughs> well, all right, let's go. Next week, Evil Dead. I'll see you there. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, uh, good, uh, good. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Have a safe day in 2020. Shit, that's hard to do. It's really um, hard. Um, do your best. Oh, don't die. <laughs> there we go. Don't die, okay? Yep. Chi-chi-chi, ha-ha-ha, even, you know. <laughs>